and it's your journey. You know, what are you learning? It wasn't about the cancer. It was never about the cancer. Not for me. It was about my journey and what I learned. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. Do you believe that good is inevitable in every situation, including the bad? If not, you may want to listen up to this episode. Sarah Wright Wallstrom has been through her fair share of life experiences, both good and challenging. But no matter what, Sarah believes that the perspective you choose can make all the difference. And she chooses to see the good, knowing that everything happens for a reason. Now Sarah has chosen to take all that she has learned and pass it forward. She is a life purpose coach. Through authentic conversation, she builds connection with her clients, allowing them to feel seen and heard so that they can get unstuck and live a life of purpose. Sarah, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. Because you are a spirit I love to be with, and I know that our listeners are going to feel that spirit come through whatever modality they're listening to this and just want more of you. And you have helped me. You are a life purpose coach, and I know that you are really good at what you do because you have helped me. So Thank you. I want to grace our listeners with all that is Sarah WW (laughs) and everything she has to offer. Uh, I did say in the introduction that you've been through your fair share of life experiences, both good and challenging. Uh, Would you like to share a little bit with our audience about your experiences? Sure. I think one of the biggest things that I like to give examples of is in 2010, right before my birthday, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And the timing is significant because my cousin Brianna had passed away from uterine cancer only two weeks prior. And because she passed away, I said to myself, ha ha ha, better get my mammogram. And I did, and I got the dreaded phone call that I needed to come back. Lo and behold, Uh, it was breast cancer. That's always a challenging diagnosis, I think, for anybody. My situation was that I was married and I had three small children. They were six, four, and one. And my only focus when I got the diagnosis was I need to take care of it. I I didn't want to wait. I didn't, 
I just wanted to take care of it. What I did between when I had the biopsy and the radiologist said, I can't tell you for sure, but I would be surprised if it wasn't cancer, between getting that information on Thursday and getting the actual diagnosis phone call on Monday, I went to work. I started researching doctors and surgeons. I started my Caring Bridge site so I would be able to update family and friends just once, and then everybody could go to the website and get the information. And one of the big things was my children. They were very young and they didn't understand. We had never um, experienced cancer. I, hadn't, I didn't know anybody who had, had breast cancer. So this was a whole new thing for me. It wasn't in my family. And I wanted to protect my children. So I didn't say anything to them until I had more information. And then I had uh, decided on a double mastectomy. And so I did explain to them, you know, that mommy was going to have surgery and I wasn't going to look the same anymore, that my chest was going to look flatter, more like daddy's and more like theirs. And my six-year-old didn't like that. And I said, it, you know, it will get better. And, and it did. So I had implants put in and eventually I started looking like their mom again. As we were doing that, processing a lot. And one of the things that I wanted to do when I was diagnosed, I decided that based on how my cousin had gone through her cancer journey, I wanted mine to be different. I'm a talker and I wanted to share information with friends and family. I didn't want it to be scary or confusing. I didn't want people to be afraid to talk to me. So I decided that I would write in my Caring Bridge journal every day. And I would write about how I was feeling. I would write about the phone calls I made, the doctor appointments I made, things that I learned, things that I was afraid of. I also kind of gained a cohort. So it's interesting, I think, that when somebody goes through something significant, you often come across other people who are going through a similar thing. And that was very helpful. So I did write in my journal, or in my caring bridge every single day because I didn't want to go through this huge experience without helping anyone. It felt like it would be a waste of an experience if I couldn't help somebody else through it. Like what's, what's the purpose? I, I didn't know. It's so interesting you say, what's the purpose? We mentioned mm -hmm. earlier that you're a life purpose coach and in recognizing that each human being has a purpose, we also recognize that every situation or circumstance that we're faced with has a purpose. Yes. And maybe it's to help bring us to our purpose as well. Yes. But I want to back up a little bit because you said something that was really interesting. You said, I didn't want to go through this big thing without helping somebody. Like most people would not think that way. <laughs> they would be all about themselves, you know, finally it's about me. But it, it, you did not take that approach. I, I want to know how, like, where did that come from? It's interesting. My grandma, who was a huge influence on my life, she had a number of things that she would say. She had a, a number of different medical issues and was in and out of the hospital a lot. And she always said, I don't say, why me? I say, why not me? And so I've heard that my whole life. I mean, why not me? The other thing she would say is, it's just another role to play. That kind of outlook was my grandma's, my mom's, mine. 
yeah, I didn't, it didn't make any sense for me to go through this huge experience if I, if I couldn't help anyone. The way that I helped people when I was going through it was just by talking about it. I think a lot of people who write in their caring bridge to update people, they say, well, I went to the doctor and I'm going to have another scan. You know, please pray for me. It's on Tuesday. And that's helpful, but I'm a talker and I love people. What I wanted is I wanted other women who had been diagnosed with breast cancer to come to my Caring Bridge page and feel like what they were feeling, they were not alone. So I did talk about my doctor's appointments. I talked about how I loved my doctors. I talked about the chemo that I was on, but I talked about how I was feeling. For me, I had my mastectomy first. They got all the cancer, the margins were clear, and then I healed up a little bit, and a few weeks later, I had to go to an oncologist. And so the night before, I was writing on my caring bridge, and I'm like, I have to go to an oncologist. I don't want to go into an oncologist. I don't even want to know the word oncologist. I certainly don't want to have an oncologist. Why do I have to go? They already got the cancer. But I was writing all of this out, sharing my feelings and my confusion. And I want people to know that it's okay. It's okay to feel the way that you feel. You're not alone. People don't usually talk about that. People always want to be an inspiration. And I think by being honest with my feelings and my journey, that if I were to inspire somebody, that's how it would be. Not by being all rah-rah, but by being honest. You know, there are leaders that have to be up front, and then there are leaders that come side by side you and say, give me your hand. Right. And let's walk this journey together. So I just recently saw this quote. It said, maybe you've been assigned the mountain to show others it can be moved. Yes. Yeah. That's so good, right? Like yes, I just Yes, I like that. Yeah. And when we are confronted with circumstances, whether it be cancer or a paralysis or the loss of a loved one or the loss of our business, right now in our world, in the heat of racism being at the forefront of our, of our news, the pandemic at the time of the recording, people's lives are being shaken and oftentimes the circumstances can seem bigger than us. I live in Hawaii, so it's like a wave. If you've ever been in the ocean, when you see a wave coming, everything in your body just stops and you just feel like this overwhelm, like, I I don't know what to do now. It's like deer in the headlights. Right. (laughs) Um, And so when someone's out there listening to this right now and they feel like I can't like the circumstances are too big and they don't feel seen and heard like what would you say to them where could they start well it's interesting I do know what it feels like to be like oh my gosh like I I'm not gonna be able to handle this and what I learned from my mom growing up is you just you get close and small So you just do the next right thing. You just break it down, you know? So first, sometimes when I'm really out there, I just have to breathe. I just have to breathe and know that this, in this moment, I am safe. And for example, with the cancer diagnosis, okay, in this moment, I need to call and make an appointment. And I can't do everything else. You know, that's saying inch by inch, life is hard, yard by yard. Life is hard. And so it's just about getting close and taking small steps just so that you can get a sense of control, you know, just over where you are 
right now. And I think it's also important to have somebody safe to talk to, to have somebody that you can go to and say, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. I can't do this. I'm so scared. You know, I had a friend who was diagnosed with breast cancer after I was, and I went to some appointments with her and she was scared. And one of the things I told her is, I'm not afraid of the big feelings. So you're safe to have the big feelings with me and let her get it out, you know? And if I can stay calm while she's having a hurricane inside of her, hopefully she'll sense my calm and be able to kind of come down and let me hold her hand, figuratively or literally. It's just nice to be able to go somewhere, get it all out, and then, you know, have somebody help you with some calm. I picture in my head like an anchor, right? If it's a hurricane and, right. or like a tornado, you're, everything's spinning inside. You don't know which way to turn, look up or down, but you have that anchor mm -hmm. so you don't spiral out of control. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm somebody who has big feelings and my husband is very calm. And so I sort of say that he and I are like tetherball. And I'm the ball, you know, and he's the tether and the pole. He keeps me grounded. I can, I can spin, but I know I'm not going to get too far. But I did want to go back a little bit to when I was diagnosed and my children. I didn't want my kids to be afraid. And I only gave them as much information as they needed to know in as childlike a form as I could. The truth, but in ways that they could understand it. And when I found out that... I was going to have chemo, that's when I had to tell them about the cancer and that things were gonna change. So I made it as fun as I could. And I said, well, you know, mommy's gonna have some medicine and it's going to help the boo-boo from coming back. That's how I described my breast cancer. And I said, do you know what it's called? And I paused for dramatic effect. I said, it's called chemo. And my six-year-old, chemo, chemo, double Nemo. <laughs> You know, not afraid. We just talked about it. And I explained that, you know, mommy's hair would fall out. Children don't want things to change. They want things to be safe in their world. So when it came time for me to lose my hair, I struggled a lot with it. I struggled a lot. When I ran my hand through my hair the first time and I, I got a bunch of it and caught in my fingers, I knew it was time and I was going to shave my head. I wanted to be proactive in that sense. And I had somebody come over and we made kind of an event out of it. So my uh, parents came over to my house. My husband and my three children were here. My best friend came in from out of state and a very dear friend from Ireland who had been here uh, through my surgery and recovery, we had him on Skype. And I wanted to make it as fun and as not scary as it could possibly be. Because for me, it was really hard, but it kind of wasn't really all about me. My son asked if I would get my hair cut into a hairstyle. And I said, sure, honey. And he said, can we, can we choose what kind of style? I said, of course. He said, can it be a mohawk? I said, absolutely, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the day that I started losing my hair, 
we had somebody come over and my whole family gathered around. And so she sectioned off the part of hair in the middle for the mohawk and then everything else we had ponytails. And I wanted it to be as inclusive as possible. So everybody who was there that wanted to got to cut a little bit of my hair. So my children got to cut a little bit. My one-year-old who couldn't really handle the scissors, but you know, she was able to, you know, cut a little bit. My mom wanted to, my best friend, my husband. And uh, it was funny because I saw the look on my friend's face and she was sad. And I was, I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> I'm a little slow. I'm going to go with chemo brain on that. <laughs> Everybody had a chance to cut my hair and I had my margarita. And it took like three hours because I had to keep slowing down because it was so much. But then after she cut my hair into a mohawk and we colored it because my son wanted to, then she, then um, my girlfriend took time to like cut all of my kids' hair, you know, just so that it wasn't, you know, it was comfortable, it was normal. And then um, that night I was like so revved up. I wanted to go out to karaoke. So my best friend and I went out to karaoke. I, I mean, I had very little in me because I'd already had chemo, you know, and uh, we just went, sang one song and then went home. But what I, I really wanted to make it comfortable for my kids. And then two days later, my hair was starting to hurt. Kind of like when you put your hair in a ponytail holder and then you take it out and your hair hurts. That's what it felt like when I was losing my hair. So um, my girlfriend came over and shaved the rest of it off. So what I didn't know is that you don't just go bald. Like I still had, you know, stubble. Like my hair didn't just fall out like pine needles from Charlie Brown, which is what I had expected. And so again, in a way to make it comfortable and fun for my children, um, my husband picked up stickers. And as I was recovering, uh, in a king size bed, my all my kids got on the bed and they all started taking stickers out and putting them all over my head and my face. Because again, I just I wanted to make it as fun as possible. There were plenty of days that I felt like crap. My armpits hurt and behind my knees, I called them my knee pits. My knee pits hurt. You know, I had a headache. You know, not hungry, tired. You know, all of those things. I mean, it's true. It did happen, but that wasn't my focus. And the other thing that I think is important is I kept in mind that my cousin died. So no matter what I was going through, I was lucky. Diagnosed with breast cancer, I was lucky. The kind of breast cancer I had was the most common kind of breast cancer that they had the most information on and they knew how to treat it. I was lucky. I had chemo and I didn't get sick. I was lucky. I, I kept repeating that over and over because I felt so fortunate that things were going so well. I did have cancer. Yes, that's true. But I felt so fortunate throughout the whole experience because not everybody was as fortunate or is as fortunate as I was. And eventually my husband said, you know, Sarah, there is like a spectrum of lucky. <laughs> what I realized through the process, and I think a lot of people who go through something significant, maybe, maybe it's a, a diagnosis, maybe it's a divorce, maybe, you know, it's a move or a loss of a spouse or like a business. Oftentimes people don't know how to relate to you anymore. And I was aware, I was aware of who stepped up and who stepped back. And it was surprising because 
the friends that like I hung out with all the time and we did stuff and we would talk and laugh. I didn't know where they went. Hmm. And the I had that were kind of quiet really stepped up and really, and they're the ones that I'm still friends with. And one of the things that I learned from this journey, I learned a number of things. One is that it was never about the cancer. It was never about the cancer. It was about what I learned. It was about the journey. So when I talk to people who are really struggling with whatever it is, yeah, I, I certainly understand. Absolutely. It's a really big deal. And it's your journey. You know, what are you learning? It wasn't about the cancer. It was never about the cancer. Not for me. It was about my journey and what I learned. It's almost as if every circumstance or challenge that we go through is just a reveal of more of what we are. Yes. You know, one of my doctors had said, you know, breast cancer doesn't change you. It magnifies who you already are. You know, you don't become a really negative person like, oh my gosh, I have breast cancer and now everything's bad and wrong. No, no. Like if that's not who you are, then it's not who you are. And that isn't who I was. I had had, a, as everybody has, I had had some challenges in my life up until that point. I mean, I was 40 years old, so it's not like, you know, <laughs> I hadn't had real life experiences. But it was all about the journey. And if we can look at our circumstances, no matter what they are, it's almost like we see our circumstances as something separate from us that we have to conquer and overcome and, you know, change and take control of. And, and it's none of that. It's a, allowing yourself to go with the flow of the circumstances and, and allowing yourself to discover yourself. I'm taking this class made to do this. And the thing that I hear time and time again is it's not the end result. It's who you become in the process. Yeah, I'm different now. I learned that my energy, my personal energy, my chi is precious and not everybody deserves it. And I'm quite picky with who I choose to spend my time with. That's actually a really good point to make, a takeaway that there that we have precious energy and we get to choose who we invest it in. And, you know, I want to go back. Well, I want to make note that seeing our circumstances as simply part of our journey, our life journey, our path is a choice of perspective. Absolutely. It is within us to make that choice. And I think there's so much power in that. And the people that you thought were your friends and the ones that you didn't really think that much of, but then that, that stepped up. Why do you think that is? Because I think there have been many times in someone's life where we think we know who's going to be there and... Mm -hmm we're surprised <laughs> by those who are there and those who are not there. Well, you know, I wonder if it's because before my diagnosis, I lived up here, you know, up in my head, like, oh, let's have a good time. And that's who I hung out with. And I was no longer able to have a good time. I was sick. And some of my friends who were quieter, like who still hung out within that group, but it turns out they cared more. And I didn't realize that difference in friendship when I was busy going out and having fun. But the ones who came to the hospital and held my hand, I will never, ever give them up. These are the people that I will do anything for. They were there for me. I also learned that it really, really is quality over quantity. 
and I'm okay being, I'm okay being alone because I, I like my company. Yeah. <laughs> I like you too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we connected. So that's fantastic. Yes. Thank you for blessing me with your chi, blessing our listeners with your energy and your story. And I know the distinction I want to make for people is we are not our stories. Right. They're just a part of our journey, our path that makes us who we are. And and they are a part of our, like they're a chapter in our right. in our full life story of however many years we're blessed to walk this earth and to help other people. And these lessons that we learn from our journey, the strength that we gain from our journey is simply there for the purpose of helping other people. Right. Don't judge me by my circumstances. You know, ask me about my perspective. My circumstances don't define me. And with our perspectives, with the power of perspective, we get to define the story. We get to be the authors of our story. We get to choose the narrative and that makes all the difference. And you know, what's true is I got more out of my breast cancer journey than breast cancer took from me. Wow. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Yes. And if you look at almost every circumstance, we usually come out as the winners in the battle. And that's what this podcast is about, is to highlight all of those victories that we experience in life and to not minimize those because in those victories, we get to discover the greatness that exists within each of us. And we can look side to side to our brothers and sisters and say, you got it too. And I'm here for you. And yes, if you, if you're listening to this right now and you are just enthralled with Sarah WW, Uh, and want to work with her, I can give a personal testimony to what she is capable of and what she provides you as a coach. And if you're interested in working with her, Sarah, how can people find you? Right now I have an Instagram. It's SWW 2.0. And I also have a podcast called This Could Have Gone Another Way. Perfect. And that like, this could have gone another way. That podcast is all about perspective and choosing different, you know, you have choices. We have crossroad choices. And a lot of times those choices exist within us, not on the outside. Yeah. Right. Sarah, thank you so much. Here are the takeaways. It's not about the circumstance. It's about the journey of who you become. The big challenges you go through aren't always about you. What you learn can benefit others, and you are not alone. Check out Sarah Wright Wallstrom on her Instagram at SWW2.0 and her podcast, It Could Have Gone a Different Way. I hope you as the listener have been inspired, enlightened, all the good stuff, and really understand that you're not alone that even though you may feel like the only person going through whatever it is you're going through, you are not alone. And there are people here to hold hand, to be your anchor, and to let you know that you're seen and you're heard. We'll see you again on the next episode of the Small Victories Podcast. Until we meet again, be blessed. Angel of light, come into me. 
Show me what I need to see You are my pathway into the light Lead me from shadows to Show 